calling all aspiring investment professionals. Get a leg up on the competition. Final registration for the August CFA exam ends on May 14th. Register now to secure your spot. The CFA designation is a gold standard in the investment world, opening doors to high-powered careers and impressive salaries. Head over to cfainstitute.org to register. Don't wait. Take control of your finance career today. Hello and welcome to another episode of CFA Institute's Take 15 video series. My name is Matthew Orsag, Director of Capital Markets Policy here at the CFA Institute offices in New York. And with us today is Curtis Ravenel, Global Head of Sustainability at Bloomberg. Uh, today we're going to talk about ESG metrics and how those are becoming more and more used by analysts and fund managers and Bloomberg tracking those, those metrics. So I'll start off, Curtis, right away. What prompted Bloomberg to start tracking these metrics? What's the demand and, and how has that grown over the years? Uh, you know, Bloomberg built its entire business on transparency. And the premise is the more information that uh, an, our, one of our customers has about an investment decision that they need to make, the better. Uh, given that, um, ESG data, we feel, is an important um, window or a unique opportunity to look at inside how a company operates. It is beyond or extra financial information, if you will, but given the increasing depth and breadth of that data set available, it really we really think that it is material. And so um, we don't collect only financial information. We collect all information on companies that help investors make a better decision. So it became clear that, uh, that that was a data set that we wanted to learn more about integrate onto our system and provide that service to our customers. What's been the feedback from analysts and fund managers? Is there data you find that they use the most? Is there data that they're asking for that might not be there yet? Yeah. Give, give, us a, give, give us a view of that. Well, um, I think one of the challenges that ESG data has is what well, I call it the breadth versus depth issue. Um, you know, we have 20,000 firms that we, we consider to be the investable universe, actively traded by major institutions around the world with some level of frequency. Uh, of that set, there's probably about 5,000 firms that disclose some level of ESG data. The challenge is, is that they've only been disclosing that data for a short period of time, and uh, it's not consistent with how much data. Some disclose a lot of environmental and very little social. Some disclose a lot of governance and very little environmental. Um, and I, we think that that's a bit of a challenge. The investment community is used to sort of a longer time frame of data sets that they can use to sort of analyze how these they impact performance. Um, and there are some groups that believe that if we ask for less data sets, uh, that you would get wider participation. As a data company, that's very difficult for us to do. Uh, we, we don't like to ask for less things. So um, I think that that is a kind of a fundamental challenge to wider spread adoption. But to get back to uh, the, the other part of the story is that the PMs and the analysts, I look almost with every day at who's looking at what, and it's fascinating to me to see um, how many uh, institutional investment organizations are using this data set on a regular basis now. Well, let's get into a little bit about the metrics themselves. You know, ESG stands for environmental, uh, social, and governance. I think we said that a couple times, but I just want to drive that home so everyone knows what we're talking about. What are some of the, you know, the sample data sets in each category people can expect to find, and what are the some of the things that 
uh, our investors or our, our members and investors in general might be surprised it's there? You know, for us, we uh, started out using GRI-based indicators. Global Reporting Initiative, just to make sure everybody's... Yes, yep, Global Reporting Initiative, um, which sets some level of standards for disclosure on how these, this type of either qualitative or quantitative data is disclosed. So the type of data sets that we collect are, are things around emission, water use, energy use, et cetera, on the environmental side, on the social side, employee turnover, percent women in management, things like that. And governance metrics are very well known to, to the CFA community. Um, in part two to the good work that you've done. Um, and those are independent directors, audit committees, uh, frequency of meetings, um, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So all of those data sets we see um, are being used. What I think is, is fundamental is that that data alone doesn't tell very much of a story because you need to normalize it somehow. Right. Um, you need a uh, denominator uh, and a numerator that makes sense. So for us, it's Exxon CO2 is quite large, but as a percent of revenue, it's not necessarily much larger than some of their other um, assets. What I've also found is that users are pulling what I call other fundamental data that may not necessarily be traditionally considered financial or ESG. I'll use an example is um, in the oil and gas industry, we look at flaring, but flaring alone is only relevant uh, flaring over say, barrel of oil produced, BOE, uh, barrel of energy equivalent, sorry. Um, so to normalize the data, to rationalize it based on sort of production levels for that specific example, it was very important to do that in order to do comps, com comparables for companies. That is really what investors want to know. They want to know who are leaders and who are laggards. And the leaders, they think, have an opportunity to outperform the laggards. Uh, we were talking before we, we started filming about some of the surprises and in, in the data that people are looking at. So could you go over a little bit of that, of what what would, what would uh, is the, the trends and data people look at? And it was a bit surprising of, of, yeah. of what we saw. Yeah, um, I think there's, uh, there's a couple of things. The data, um, I always suspected environmental data was looked at more than um, social and governance data. But I thought it would be a little bit. Environmental data is overwhelmingly... Uh, looked at about 60% of the total data sets is, are environmental. Um, the rest evenly split between social and governance, and a big chunk of it around disclosure. Just how much is this company disclosing? Um, I think that that to me the logic behind that is that for the financial community to begin to understand the impact of these um, these um, these indicators, it's easier for them mathematically to understand the impact of an environmental um, CO2 ton, for example. Um, we look at regulatory risk. It's something that's a little more tangible. Some of the other factors are a little bit harder to get their arms around. But I think, as I said, it's important that these data sets remain together because they really do tell a better holistic picture of how a firm operates. And if a firm has a longer-term view on its risk management, really, and uh, retaining good employees and some of these other admittedly qualitative things, but that are important to understand on and, and to help you evaluate the true value of a company. Yeah. Uh, one other thing we touched on was uh, the breakdown of where the, the viewership is coming from. Could you speak a little bit about uh, where you're, what customers from where are looking at this information the most? Yeah, I thought that that was really interesting. I I sort of assumed that most of the customers would be in Europe and Northern Europe and the UK. 
Um, I was surprised to see that we have a, a whole lot in the U.S. We're not quite the laggards that, that we're made out to be in some cases. Um, Japan and Australia also, and in the emerging markets, India, which I think is an, um, a big interest to uh, probably your community and the investment community as a whole. Given the growth of the BRIC countries' economies, investors who rely on ESG data very much would like access to investing opportunities in that space. So emerging market uh, development data and emerging market participants really need to know what's happening on that front um, in those countries. So it's really, it's really pretty interesting. Well, one last question, and this is something that I, we, didn't, we didn't talk about beforehand, so it's a bit of a surprise, but I think you can handle it. Because uh, I saw you speak at an event on Monday, yeah. uh, and this is one of the things that came up, so, so it, should be, it should be fresh in your mind. A lot of the information that people find, analysts, fund managers, ind individual investors find on this ESG information, if it's not from a Bloomberg terminal or somebody else's terminal or someone else's data package, is from the reports, yeah. the sustainability reports that companies put out. And more and more companies are doing this. And you said recently that although Bloomberg is a, is a private company, you guys put together your first or are putting together your first sustainability report. Uh, it's over a three-year period or something like that. Uh, but what interested me most about when you're talking about it is going through that process and the focus that that makes a company go under um, that it, and, and, and the importance of going through that process to focus on what's important in those areas. Just speak a little bit. So, you know, it's an interesting point, and it, it sort of ties back to your original question, how did we get into ESG? I, you know, oversimplified some of it was because as we were managing and measuring our own um, environmental, social, and governance factors, I, I began to realize that lots of companies were, were doing this and that this was an opportunity for Bloomberg. Um, part of that process alone, um, it, it forces you to take an inward look yeah. at w what you're doing. Um, in that process, we've learned a lot about our business, particularly if you're a larger business, on what all the moving parts are and how those parts um, relate to one another. We found $25 million in savings over three years by simply managing some of these environmental-related costs. We found opportunities around employee engagement and retention um, and uh, different levels of management engagement by measuring some of the social things. The governance is a little less pertinent to us since we uh, are solely owned by one man, more or less. Um, but that whole process for us was extremely important to understand that it is not just your stakeholder is not just the investor. It's actually your employees, the vendors that you work with, your NGO partners, your uh, various associations and um, regulatory and non-regulatory bodies, the ecosystem of um, how and uh, a corporation or a company operates is much larger than sometimes we uh, are than sometimes we remember, and it's important to understand the different points of view of different stakeholders, and understand that there's opportunity to be uncovered by taking a different view of. Uh, your company, your operations, your financial systems, and all of that. It, it's fascinating. It's been a very good process for us and a very important process to get senior management buy-in and engaged in these issues. Um, very, It's critical. And we've found a lot of value as a firm, so that helped inform us that we think the investment community can find a lot of value in analyzing these data sets. Thanks again, Curtis, for coming by. Thank you for having me. And thank you for joining us uh, for this Take 15. We hope to see you again soon.
Copyright 2011, CFA Institute. No part may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, electronic, mechanical, recording, or otherwise, without the express prior written permission of CFA Institute. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regard to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.